Hello, my name is Josh, and I'm joined here with my friend Willie, and my good friend. What's Smoke, up? And my good friend Smoke. Hey, hey. And we are the All American Spook Show podcast. Welcome to the All American Spook Show podcast. We hope you enjoy the show. <laughs> This is our first episode, and uh, so it's probably going to sound a little rough. I'm not going to lie, but hey, you know, you work out the kinks as you go along, right? Bear with us. <laughs> That's all you can do. Especially audio-wise, because <laughs> it may or may not sound like complete shit. <laughs> um, all right, so on today's inaugural episode, we are going to be discussing the 1985 horror classic film, Reanimator. Um, I guess we should, you know, kind of back up a little bit and say like what we what we're going to be talking about here on this show in general. Uh, we'll be talking about horror movies, cult favorites, TV shows, whatever strikes our fans. Probably mostly movies. Maybe certain episodes of uh, certain certain uh, uh, maybe horror anthology shows like uh, Twilight Zone, Tales from the Dark Side. Maybe stuff like that every once in a while. Yep, some Joe Bob Briggs because I know he's supposed to be coming back to Shutter. Mm-hmm. Um, which I'm, I'm, we're all excited about that, except for Willie. <laughs> Here's the thing, like myself, I love horror movies. I mean, we all love horror movies, but I love them. I've watched a lot of them, but not as many as Smoke. Yeah, yeah, I could, uh, I'd, and that was because I got quite a bit of age on me. I'm not gonna put a number out there, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, he's 65. Uh, what we're gonna, yeah. uh, but. <laughs> What we do is we'll, you know, discuss these horror movies, these cult films, whatever, you know, we feel like doing this week or this particular show. And um, Will comes from a, a, a different perspective than maybe the, either of us. Wouldn't you say, Will? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I enjoy horror movies, but uh, over my life, I haven't really necessarily seeked them out. So... Movies like, say, today's movie, have you ever seen it before? Never seen it, never even heard of it. So that's going to be a, a completely different side of the coin from uh, either one of us, and especially Smoke. And it'll probably... Yeah, I, don't, I, don't, I can't really put a number on how many times I've seen it yet. I haven't really thought about it, but it's been a few, more than a few times. <laughs> Same here. I mean, I've if I had to put a number on it, I'd say four or five times, you know, before this viewing for this. So, uh, yeah. I mean, and that's just one example, this movie here. You know, we'll, we'll see as time goes on, you know, and, uh, you know, how many times, if, if Will has seen it, you know, how he reacts to it, you know, should be fairly unique. Um, so uh, either of you guys been uh, watching anything new lately, like something different other than, you know, what we just watched? Any TV shows, any movies? Uh, Will? Uh, about really the only thing even close to horror related would probably be The Walking Dead. Um, mm. been watching and reading that religiously for years, but, uh, past that, I can't think of anything that would be horror related. Well, I mean, it doesn't necessarily have to be horror related. I mean, any, any other, anything recently or like any movies? Uh, uh right now I'm blasting through like, uh, the last couple seasons of uh the dc shows like uh flash and uh, yeah. and arrow 
stuff like that. Will and I both uh, collect comic books uh, pretty seriously, or at least I collect them pretty seriously these days. Will, I think, has kind of uh, pulled it back in neutral a little bit. But, yeah, we've both been reading comics for years and collecting, so that that kind of thing may come up in the course of these shows over the year, or, you know, over time. That works for me, too, because it's been, I mean, I haven't, unfortunately, I haven't religiously been able to keep up with reading as much comics as I used to. Uh, you know, financial-wise, you got got so many tapes, so many DVDs, so many Blu-rays I buy, then some things go to the yeah. side. And unfortunately, I haven't been able to keep up with the comics yeah. themselves. Now, the movies, you know, I go and watch pretty much every superhero movie that comes out. And, I'll, and I know a lot of the backstory about certain stories, you know, story arcs from the 80s and 90s, but some of the newer story arcs I'm probably a little in the dark on. And I will say that it's an expensive habit. Oh, yes, definitely. I mean, it's not like doing crack cocaine, but it's pretty expensive. <laughs> yes, that's true. It could get up there, especially then you got you got 4K movies coming out and all the special editions and steel books and things of that nature. Oh yeah, no doubt. So, uh, Smoke, what about you? Any movies, uh, TV shows, anything recent you might want to throw out there? Yeah, I both. Well, of course, we, Reanimator. Like I said, I've, I've seen it. I don't know how many times now, but I did rewatch again not too long ago with the Joe Bob Briggs when he was on Shutter, however many months ago it was now. Uh, he played Reanimator again, so I watched it again then too. So, I haven't got, uh, I haven't got most... up to that one myself, but mm-hmm. I did watch. I did watch the first few movies of that, the uh, the last drive-in. Yeah, I saw most of. Them. I think I had a few still left there at the end. How many was it? Like tw- twelve, thirteen movies, something like that. Twelve or thirteen. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He kept exaggerating too. That was one of the things he'd do. He's like, "Oh, we're you know, trying to get through. We got another hundred and something movies to get through." <laughs> he keep exaggerating the number at each show or whatever. But, but yeah, I think it ended up being something like thirteen. Uh, so again, but, me coming uh, from yeah, uh, kind of. Uh, out of nowhere like who, who is this guy <laughs> oh joe bob briggs smoke i'll yeah. let you take that one uh he's been well he's been hosting i'm not, I'm not sure I, I like exactly how long it's been now but i know he started out back in at least coming to the public attention well national attention probably back in the early 80s i'd say because he had a co- he had a column he was writing in in a paper for a while like reviewing movies and things like that and then, then he got a show on I want to say maybe Movie Channel might have been the first. Yeah, I, uh, I believe it was the Movie Channel. Yep. Right. And then Monster Vision. Uh, and I forget. Might have to help me out if you remember, uh, Josh, what channels they were on. But I think TNT maybe had Monster I, Vision. Yeah, I believe it was TNT. Yep. Because I think I remember. Well, the, I, I remember seeing him on the Movie Channel or Showtime, whatever it was, back in like the late '80s, early '90s. Yeah. And then, yeah, and yep. then I, uh, I, but I do remember Monster Vision at TNT in the '80s. He's yep. a, he's and a, uh, he's a movie host. Okay. I guess yeah. it'd be yeah. the, the host easiest. It. Yeah. They gives out and he's like he's he's got a lot of humor that he adds into it. And his little his uh, rating system that he has is based on uh, how many boobs are in the movie, uh, <laughs> how much violence is in the movie, you know. Oh, and how and whether there's like you know kung fu or there's a uh, you know whatever fu. So if somebody's fighting with some you know odd implement, it's you know axe like, fu, ketchup bottle fu or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, it's very entertaining to watch. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's just uh, horror silliness, I guess. You know, I guess not too far from like a something like an Elvira or a Spinguli or something like that. If you you know, it's just you know he's not as well endowed as Elvira, but you know, <laughs> well, he's got a lot of different. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's a little different. Any, but is there anything else uh, you've been watching lately? TV, just just that, some other stuff. Unfortunately, my TV watching is as far as TV shows right now are. It's kind of slim and none because we had just recently moved not too long ago, and I currently don't have satellite or or cable TV, so we're just kind of streaming things. So, mm-hmm. so mostly movies. Unfortunately, I, I've been an avid Walking Dead 
watcher for you know ever since it started but some kind of jonesing for that and i'm probably got to break down and buy the episode by episode on amazon or something after they air yeah i have uh you know we cut the cord a few years ago and uh for most of that kind of stuff like newer tv i have youtube tv because it has an unlimited okay. D- it has an unlimited dvr and ah, catch okay. up on it that way and it has amc oh gotcha might that definitely mind check into that then myself yeah, Will, you have it as well, right? YouTube TV. Oh yeah, I love it. Uh, I would definitely recommend it uh, to anybody. Now, having said that, you know, like you, you cut the cord, but then you're still paying, you know, like forty dollars a month. You're just uh, you're just paying a different devil, I guess. Well, you have to rem- <laughs> you have to remember too, you know, when you're paying Dish Network, Directv, whatever cable, uh, you're paying well over a hundred dollars a month. Yeah. Probably knocking on 150, depending on how many channels, this and that, and the other thing. So, you have to put it in context of, yeah, you're still paying a little, you know, a little bit of change out of your pocket, but it's not nearly as bad as uh, cable or satellite, and you're not, and you're not locked into the contracts. So you can get a little bit more specialized now too. With uh, like I know I pay about you know ten dollars a month here and there for certain things, like well, Shutter, for instance. Yeah. Uh, there was another channel that's all uh, sort of horror related. I- can't think of what it is right now. Each and each one of these little companies too are starting to oh, yeah, put their yeah. own little things out, like Vinegar Syndrome and all these different horror-related and cult film related companies. They're going to be have streaming service. They're going to be five and doming us to death, you know, in the next That's five, right. <laughs> in the next five years or so, man. Like you'll be yep. paying for like a five-dollar streaming service here, a five-dollar streaming service there. Yeah. I have net access to Netflix, Hulu, yeah, uh, Amazon Prime. Uh, and then YouTube TV. I think between all those, man, I can watch just about anything I want to watch. True, yeah. yeah. I, I, I pretty much have all those, too, except for the YouTube TV, but I might have to check into that for Walking Dead purposes. So uh, I guess that's kind of that. So uh, like I said, uh, this week we're going to go into the classic horror. What, what, what would, how would you qualify it? Horror, cult, comedy? Comedy, yeah. Yeah, thriller? I would put comedy in there. I would say – I'd go. I even go so far as to say this probably – at least in my, for my money, one of the top horror comedies there is out there. I'm not the hugest fan of horror comedy, unless it's done right, like this one. But it, it came out in 1985, so I guess here we'll uh, go ahead and play the trailer so you can kind of get a, uh idea of what to expect here. Herbert West is at the top of his class in medical school. How can you teach such drivel? These people are here to learn, and you're closing their minds before they even have a chance. What are He's you? brilliant, but a little weird. I've broken the six to 12 minute barrier. I've conquered brain death. His experiments have always been unorthodox. It was dead. But lately they're getting out of hand. And he's just made a discovery that could wake up the dead. Herbert West has affected reanimation in dead animal tissue. What are you thinking? How do you feel? You? 15 cc's of reagent being administered. Once you wake up the dead, you've got a real mess on your hands. Dead? Not anymore. 
Herbert West brought a lot of dead people back to life. And not one of them showed any appreciation. H.P. Lovecraft's classic tale of horror, Reanimator. Mr. West. You'll never get credit for my discovery. Who's going to believe a talking head? Get a job in a sideshow. It will scare you to pieces. That's Reanimator. But, you know, before we go into the blow-by-blow, blow, uh, Will, what what were your initial thoughts of the movie? I mean, since since you're the guy that's coming in cold, never never heard of it, never seen it. What were your initial thoughts? Definitely felt like an 80s flick. Uh, you know, like the the special effects that you're used to seeing these days, it doesn't match up. But I, I think there's something really cool about that. You know, like, like everything was a practical effect, it seemed like, in the entire movie. So... It, it was really cool to, 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 to see that put together. And then just the fact that it was so funny, like from beginning to end. Uh, I, th I thought it was really good. Smoke, I know you've probably seen this movie, like you said, you know, God knows, five to a dozen times at least. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, probably probably closer to that dozen, yeah. So try to, try but to, it never gets old to me. <laughs> so try to step back to the maybe the first or second time you saw it. And what were your initial <laughs> thoughts of that movie? Uh, let's see. The first time I saw it was, you know, I was just putting my age out there pretty much, but it's, it, it wasn't long from being a new release on the VHS shelves when I saw it the first time. Now, back then, it took, it, it took you 10 years to get the VHS, seven, so, though, didn't 86. it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for most things, it did. Like, it seemed like, or at least for, like, big movies. This one, I'm pretty, I think it came out whatever limited reality. I know that it didn't run in any theaters close to me where I could see it. Mm -hmm. I think it came out in theaters in, what, 85? And I, I got the VHS that uh, I believe Vestron put out. It looked like it came out October 18th, 1985. Oh, yeah, and the, the theatrical and, and, version? Yeah, yeah, like the original yes. release, October 18th, 1985. Oh, yeah, yeah and, I, and that point I didn't probably know. But when I came into, I guess you could say, is that when I came into being an avid horror fan to where I was buying like Fangoria religiously, knowing who directors were and all those things, it was probably about 1980, in the tail end of 85 or so, I'd say. When I so that didn't the movie didn't come to my attention until I read about it in Think Fangoria mm -hmm. in '86. Wow! And then it was the, that was when the the VHS I think was pretty much new release because I remember renting it pretty much off the new release shelf and and not knowing a whole lot about it other than I read that article in Fango and you know it's praising it kind of but not giving too much away. So I was kind of expecting it to be at least you know worthy of them to have mentioned it. To watch it so i was kind of going into it with some expectations and it more than met it man I, I remember seeing fangoria when i was a kid i'm talking like six seven eight years old and uh thinking it was almost like uh porn in the sense of like it was just this forbidden thing you shouldn't look at you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> well, it's funny you should mention that too because uh or at least in the video stores where i was here and i mean where i'm at and a small town in South Carolina, I guess you say. It was, well, after they had mom and pop video stores, the horror section was always in the back, and then you go a little bit further back, and there was a door for the porn section. So they always <laughs> relegated horror back there, too. So. Oh, and there's some scenes in there. Well, you know, I don't know if we're getting into that yet as far as the scene, but, there, you know, the scene I'm talking about in Reanimator. Oh, yeah. Everybody well, does. Yeah. <laughs> if that was in Fangoria, I could see why they had it on the back shelf of 7-Eleven. Uh, but, yeah, I saw that probably, I guess it was yeah, back then, 1986, and I watched it in... 
immediately, you know, not that you should do this, but back then, but immediately dubbed it from my, for my own viewing purposes later. Oh, <laughs> it was that. F- the FBI, if you're listening. FBI. Oh yes, yes. Uh, FBI warning. Yeah. <laughs> if the FBI is listening, we were just kidding. Yeah. Yeah. I, I never did that. Never. Yeah. None of those <laughs> things have ever happened anywhere. Moving on. No. no. Strictly but for But I did end up value. buying a copy of that uh, that used. Uh, Back when, uh, I don't know if it was that particular video store, but when one of the video stores in the area sold off a copy, I immediately bought it when it went on the previously viewed shelf or whatever. And that same copy I brought with me to my first horror convention. It was like 1992, Fangoria Weekend of Horrors in L.A. And Jeffrey Combs was there, and I had him autograph that cover for me. And he put something on there, like like a line from the movie. He said, uh, but he said he put my name in there. He says, Brian... Do you hear something? I have to post that. I have to post that on the uh, Facebook page. Or yeah, something. yeah. You need to put that up on uh, on one of our uh, social networks there, so everybody can see that. So the que- I guess the question is here's, oh, yeah. here's a question for you, and yeah. we'll probably I'll probably be asking you this a lot. How many copies of this movie do you own? Uh, let's see. I got that original autographed VHS that I have. Uh, we won't mention the dub. I don't know if I still have that or not, but we won't mention that anymore. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think I'm pretty sure I still have the DVD of it and also the Blu-ray. So. Wow. So that's at least at least three. three. Yeah. Three different. Yeah. I've got uh, the only copy that I own is on DVD. Will, how many copies do you own? <laughs> well, currently I have your copy, so that, that would be one. <laughs> <laughs> now you might not get it back, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm sure this instantly skyrockets to your top ten favorite movie list, and now I won't get that DVD back. <laughs> What DVD? Oh shit! <laughs> uh, I, I guess I, I I can't put a time frame on it, you know, as far as the first time I watched this movie because it was a while back. I mean, a long time ago, and and it might even have been like a made-for-TV like edit version or something, you know, on uh, you know, on cable or uh, just regular old you know local TV. Um, but as far as my initial reactions, I remember uh, thinking this is very unhorror-like. You know, like I didn't yeah. feel you're not getting a lot of scares here. You know. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's true. You're getting you're getting the gross outs kind of. Yeah, yeah. You're getting, well, the you're, getting sure. you're getting the girl the gory. That's for sure. It's there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. As I sat here and, and and watched this movie for the first time. Uh, I was definitely expecting a lot more scares as I went through, and and yeah, y'all are absolutely right. That wasn't there. Yeah. Well, there there might be yeah, some so, moments depending on how touchy you are, but. True. Yeah. Yeah. There's the. Uh, I guess there's some like, creepiness factor. I guess that comes into play with the, with the headless body and the. Uh, you know, when he puts on when he has that anatomical head from the laboratory as a. Yeah. Yeah. On yeah. his neck. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um. At this point, we should probably, since we're about to go into the blow by blow and talk more about the movie in depth, we should mention that uh, this podcast will be spoiler filled. Whether it is a movie that came out in 1985 or a movie that came out last week, I guess we might give everybody a, at least a week, right? If something comes up, <laughs> but we'll be, yeah, uh, yeah. you know, it, it will be spoiler filled because I think it's difficult to talk about a movie like this or a lot of these type of movies without going into spoilers. So. If for some reason you're listening to this and you have never watched the reanimator, hit pause, come back to us later. We're not going anywhere. You can listen to the rest of this um, because you definitely need to see this for yourself. 
Agreed. Yep. Everybody should at least see it once. Oh yeah, it's it's definitely worth a one uh, at least a one time viewing. Will you said you were oh. going to show it to your wife, right? Oh yeah, I'm already planning to watch it again. <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I guess uh, this is where we'll go into it. Uh, smoke it like before we go into the blow by blow. Is there any like kind of uh, information you know about this movie or anything you want to throw out there before? I mean, since you're more of the uh, professional as far as director, producer, all that kind of stuff. Oh, any, yeah. Any gotcha. interesting background tidbits? Yeah, there's a few things. Well, one thing also you, that, that you mentioned, I know you mentioned about possibly of seeing a TV version of it that might have been edited. There was actually the VHS, when they originally released it on VHS, they put it out and like, as they did with certain horror movies during that time, an R-rated and unrated version of it. And, of course, I wouldn't, you know, being, like, an avid horror fan, I didn't want anything to do with the R-rated version. I went straight for the unrated. Yeah, of course. But apparently that R-rated version has some scenes in it that was not in the unrated version to make up for the time that they had to hack out the gore. They had to put some other scenes in there, otherwise they would end up with a really short movie. And I'm pretty sure that, you know, I'm not 100% because, honestly, I don't know if I've seen all the special features on the DVD. But they might, I'm hoping they probably had put it back in that DVD as far as those scenes that would have been exposition or character scenes that were in the R-rated cut that was not in the unrated one. Huh. But uh, but there is an R-rated cut out there floating around on VHS that had different scenes than the unrated version. I, uh, go ahead. I, Sorry. I really think horror movies and comedy movies are the only ones that really ever get away with that kind of stuff, right? True. <laughs> yep. But remember back then, too, that certain, uh, like Blockbuster, for instance, I don't know if Hollywood was guilty of that, but I know Blockbuster wouldn't carry necessarily the unrated version if there was an R-rated version. You know, having the family-friendly tag out there. If there was an unrated version... <laughs> yeah, because they didn't carry it. They would just go for the is, R-rated. Because <laughs> R-rated is far more family friendly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and Josh, I was just looking at your copy of it. It is unrated. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if they on oh, DVD. I, I guess they put. I, I would assume they probably didn't put the R the full R-rated cut, but I would I would hope that they had some of the uh, those scenes that were cut for B. Well, I guess the scenes that they added into the R-rated version that weren't in the uncut version may be there as deleted scenes on the DVD. But like yeah. I don't think I've gone through each and every one of those special features yet. Yeah, I'm pretty sure there are some deleted scenes on that on that DVD, but I haven't I didn't watch them. Yeah. I did watch a little bit of one of the uh, there was like a director producer uh, kind of interview. Oh yeah. On the special features, I did watch a little bit of that and got mm -hmm. a, a few little nuggets out of it that we'll talk about maybe after you know after we oh, talk okay. about it. Oh yeah, speaking of the director too, I know you know Stuart Gordon. But uh, I remember reading something about him, and it may have been in the commentary. It may have been one of the special features. We're talking about, you know, when he, I think he went to school for theater. He majored in theater in late '60s or whatever, and uh, he ended up getting arrested for obscenity back in college because they put on a play, an adaptation of Peter Pan that was sort of at, at that time in the late '60s. You know, it kind of played into the free love and the psychedelic aspects of it, and then it was like political satire. And apparently, there's a stuff in there that got him like arrested for obscenity, and then he dropped out and formed his own theater troupe called uh, Organic Theater with his wife. Hmm. Uh, her name's Carolyn Purdy Gordon, but she's in, she's also in Reanimator. She plays one of the nurses in there. Oh. I believe it is. Well, there you go. Yeah. And he's, she's in a few other of his movies, too, and like a lot of times he would end up killing her off in the movies. <laughs> 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 Nothing uh, to psychoanalyze and all that. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. Perfectly normal. <laughs> of course, David Gale, you know, played uh, Dr. Hill. He was, like, amazing I think, in that movie. I mean, it's, especially considering that he's basically a talking head in a lab dish for most of the movie, that he did an amazing job of, like, getting into his character. Yeah, I, 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 digging around, I saw another little tidbit about him. I, you know, whether 
whether or not it's true or not, I don't know. But I saw a little bit of tidbit about him that we'll discuss afterwards because it has something to oh, do okay. with what we see in the movie. Oh, okay. <laughs> I guess we'll go into it. So, uh, I get what is the name of this movie? Is it the Reanimator or is it H.P. Lovecraft's Reanimator? Because I, I kind of saw two uh, different ones. Well, I think it, I mean I've always just called it Reanimator, but uh, that you mentioned the H.P. Lovecraft part, that's always in the logo artwork of it is it usually it says hp lovecraft mm -hmm. and then reanimator and big letters underneath it. and and i was italian i mean i was also and still am like a huge lovecraft fan even though i don't think this movie had hardly an ounce of actual lovecraft story in it i mean there's you know a little <laughs> bit of framework there but lovecraft didn't really go in for the whole you know exploitative sexual stuff or even gore really i mean his stuff was more of a kind of cosmic terror the horror aspects of the supernatural and whatnot so so coming at it from like a Lovecraft fan too, it, you know, I think it, I think they put the name on there to kind of help sell it as well. I don't know if I've actually ever read anything from him. Yeah, I don't remember when I first heard about it, heard his name, and it was before I hadn't I had not read what this story was called, uh, Herbert West Reanimator, and it was serialized I think back in I don't remember what year, but I mean we're, we're talking about back in the 30s or so. Yeah, when I did. Lovecraft I did see that. Stuff. Yeah, it's from a, a short story, like you said, a serial. Called Herbert mm -hmm. West Reanimator, and it was from July of 1922. Oh, 1922! Wow, yeah, yeah. So yeah. A long time ago. Yeah, I doubt. I have read it, but I didn't read it before. I didn't read it before I saw the movie, but I read it sometime afterwards. But I had read some of his other stories, so I was kind of familiar with them. And I, like, I don't remember how I came to know Lovecraft, as far as you know, before getting into the, the horror movies and whatnot. But. I'm sure it was in some uh, literature class or. English class or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, unfortunately, they didn't like. You, know, you always heard about Poe, Edgar Allan Poe, and uh, Hawthorne and all those. But I don't know if it's changing now. But back then, he didn't uh, get much mention, unfortunately. And even though he's writing at the same time period, basically, as like Poe or close to it, you know. Like I never heard us mentioned in any liter literature books back then. But maybe they've, maybe it's changed because I think he's got more exposure now, and people know more about him. You can go into pretty much any bookstore, or you know, it, the name is out there. His character Cthulhu is out there all over the place, so, so uh, maybe he's getting yeah. the recognition that he, he deserves now. Hopefully, yeah, because it seems like once again in some of the you know, stuff I was looking up about him, I think he pretty much uh, died a poor man. Yeah, yeah, like, I think I, he, I, I, he wasn't hardly known yeah, during yeah. his time, other than his correspondences, his friends, and the other authors that he would write to and have you know correspondence through letters with and everything. I don't think it was not until after he died, as it so happened sometimes with I guess artists even more so. It's crazy when he, you, uh, became you, you it's crazy to hear stories like that, you know, 50, 60, 70, 80, 90 years later about somebody that, you know, that we look up that we look back on now as like a creative genius, but they were treated like shit right. and uh yeah. you know, disregarded in their time. And didn't even some in some cases didn't even think that highly of themselves anyway. Like I know he I've read about I've, I've actually had his autobiography that can't remember who wrote it, but the autobiography itself is written back in the 60s, I believe. But uh that he pretty much didn't have that much faith in his own writing abilities to pursue promoting himself, I guess. So yeah. he would sell little tidbits, you know, a, little, a story here or a story there to all kind of different uh, sci-fi magazines of the day. And that was about it. Like, Probably for next to nothing. This, and I think he did a lot of ghost writing or something like that for other people. You know, he'd ghost write for them yeah, to make his, the yeah. little bit of money that he did make. All right. So this movie is called The Reanimator. Um, I'll read the brief synopsis. Movie info, however you want to put it, on uh, Rotten Tomatoes. It says, a medical student, Jeffrey Combs, brings his headless professor back from the dead with a special serum. I don't think you can get any more simpler than that. 
That's true. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's about it. That pretty much oh, wraps it up. All right, all right. Uh, uh, thanks. Join us next week. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's it. Yeah. Wrap it up right now. <laughs> uh, it says here uh, that it is an hour and twenty, an hour and twenty six minutes long. Directed by Stuart Gordon. Uh, genre comedy horror. So you know we weren't too far off from that. And uh, gross gross box office two million dollars. I'm sure that made back. I don't I don't know what it cost, but I'm sure it probably cost. I would assume way less than that. It cost him three hundred twenty-two dollars <laughs> to make the movie. Three hundred fifty dollars. The budget that I'm looking at is estimated uh, just under a million. It was uh, uh, nine hundred thousand dollars. No, my bad. Nine hundred. <laughs> no, I, I I don't know what the lineage of ownership of this movie is. Like you know who owns it, who owned it then, who made as far as producing it, who owned it, and who owns it now versus that. You know how these things get passed down, like a, a oh yeah, you know like a yeah, tube. that's true. I mean, I do know who made it back then. It was Empire Empire Pictures that Charles Band was the owner of. I guess Empire mm-hmm. that did that movie. and He did like a bunch of like Ghoulies. I remember Ghoulies and oh, uh, yeah. uh, Dungeon Master and the, <laughs> all these little cult films about that time. And then he went on in the 90s or late 80s and 90s to form Full Moon Pictures and did, you know, Doll Man and Demonic Toys and Puppet Master films and all that. So I but don't, I don't know who owns it now. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So whoever owns it now, I'm betting you that they're making far more money off of it these days than they did even back when it came out. <laughs> True. Just yeah. off of Blu-ray sales. Yep. And the horror community, you keep uh, bringing out new Blu-rays and they'll buy them every time. You know, it's like, it's almost oh, yeah, like, yeah. it's almost like the Star Wars <laughs> fans. You can put out a hundred different versions of the same movie and, and, and we'll all buy it. True. I mean, look, at it's already happened in the horror world with uh, Evil Dead. Look at how many versions of Evil Dead and Army yeah. Darkness there have yeah, been there out there go. since, you know, D- blue, since the DVD started. I mean, and, you know, since when they VHS. put a new one out, I pretty much end up buying it. Hell, probably... I just bought the 4K version of Evil Dead like two days ago. So. There you go. <laughs> all right, so yeah, that, I guess that's a little bit of the, the uh, numbers in the background of the movie there, just the initial things, starring uh, Jeffrey Combs. Bruce Abbott, Barbara Crampton, David Gale, and a host of others. So this movie gets right to the point. Like there's no credits right out the gate. It's just bam. You, when you hit play, you're into the movie. <laughs> yep, and, eyeballs popping and everything right in there. Bam, <laughs> right that first scene. <laughs> now this was another. This is random, but this is another thing I looked up. It starts off with. Uh, what is it, the, the name of the place? It's called Universitat Zurich Institute for Medizin. <laughs> yes. that, that's, that's, I think that's the German word for it, right? That's, that's German. Yeah, well, word. from what I could tell, this looks like an actual place. Like, it's legit. Oh, it really is? I think so. Damn. In Zurich, Switzerland, I think it's a legit location. Now, of course, by the time it gets to the, back in the U.S., I know it's, uh, it's, it's Lovecraft's own creation, which was Miskatonic University, yep, which was yep. something he created for his, you know, stories and whatnot. Yeah, and I looked that part up, too, and apparently, like, it, it, was, it uh, appeared in a number of his stories, I guess, and that was a completely made-up place, unlike this yep. possible real place in Zurich. It was completely made up. Yeah. But I guess it's yeah. just a nod to him, like you said. Um, True. So, like... Uh, what is... Uh, uh, Herbert West is in, is in the... Uh, is in there, I guess, doing some kind of experiment, and his his uh, professor, Doctor Gruber, I guess, who whatever his name is. And, oh uh, yeah, his, by the way, his name Hans Gruber. <laughs> Remember Die Hard or Hans, <laughs> Hans Gruber and Die Hard? It was, holy uh, shit! I didn't even Alan Rickman's character, by the way. <laughs> I didn't even make that connection. That's good. <laughs> this this Hans Gruber, however, was not played by Alan Rickman. But... Yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> 
unfortunately. But, but then again, it would have only lasted about two minutes, so I guess it was good that it wasn't Alan Rickman. True. Yeah, um, that'd pay him like $3 million, and then it goes that budget. Because he starts screaming, and his eyes explode, and he falls <laughs> over dead, right? Yep. <laughs> or in the words of Herbert West, he said he didn't kill him. He gave him, yeah, there you I go. Gave him life. You killed him. No, I did not. I gave him life. <laughs> and then, and then see, killed him. And then that's the credit. This when you actually see the opening credits. And these are pretty cool looking opening, opening credits. Yep. Like the anatomical things out of like Grey's Anatomy type designs and neon. Yeah, but it also looked like they had about 15 drawings that they were allowed to use because, because they kept reusing the same ones over and over. <laughs> oh, and speaking of that credit sequence, too, the, uh, the well, uh, I know that anime part is kind of, seems like it's a nod to Vertigo, to Hitchcock's Vertigo. Oh, yeah. The way the Vertigo, you know, with that, with those spinning animations and things of that nature, but also because of the music, I, I'm pretty sure y'all noticed that, too, right? The music. The music's straight up psycho, right? Like, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, some people might say call it an homage, and others might call it like a blatant rip. No, I think it's but definitely a blatant ripoff. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Except they just put a little '80s jazz you can't to get it. More from now. Um, no, no, no. You bring synthesizers in there, and it's completely different. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, the first time I saw that, I'm like, this sounds strangely familiar. Oh yeah, Psycho. Okay. No. <laughs> but it does. It does work though in the context of this movie. That the music, the, that theme, does work. Oh yeah, and it's catchy as hell. Even even their their kind of weird blatant ripoff version of it. It's you know, as I was watching for this, it got caught in my head for like two or three days. I'm, I'm whistling. <laughs> yeah, that I know that the guy that scored it was the brother. Like like I said, that guy that owned Empire Pictures, Charles Band. His brother was Richard Band, and he's the one that did the in-house, basically in-house composer for all those. Empire movies. So, uh, yeah, I mean, the Hitchcock estate wanted to sue. That's who they should uh, aim their bullets at. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I don't know what ever happened. I haven't been to, like, you know, that, that, I should have looked that up beforehand because I've never heard anything. I mean, I've heard that, you know, people talk about it being a ripoff of Psycho or whatever the case, but I never heard of any repercussions of it. You know, so I don't know. Again, that might be in the commentary. And it's been a while since I've listened to the commentary. I'm pretty sure I have listened to that. DVD commentary for animated before, so they may have talked about it in there. I just forgot. But that'd be interesting to see what, uh, sure what happened if they were get threatened with lawsuits or anything. I'm sure they probably changed it just enough to not oh, sue. A couple of bars. Right? Yeah, yeah. And that's where you see that uh, it says Brian Usna presents HP Loves Crafts, Reanimator, Empire Pictures. Top billing goes to Bruce Abbott, uh, directed by Stuart Gordon. Uh, then we open up to the Miskatonic Medical School. In Arkham, Massachusetts. Mm, yeah, that's another. I'm sure Arkham probably sparked, you know, sparks uh, a memory in there. Of course, Lovecraft's Arkham. He created that town as well as Miskatonic, but the Arkham name was something he came out with too. But that's something where comic books were influenced by Lovecraft because Arkham Asylum comes from yeah. Lovecraft's Arkham. Will, did you know that? Uh, no, I did not. <laughs> <laughs> I thought Batman thought it up. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was Commissioner Gordon. Oh, my bad. <laughs> it is appropriate, though, of course, because, I mean, like, as many stories as Lovecraft had that dealt with insanity, I mean, there's some pretty insane people in Arkham Asylum. So. I have here that they, uh, at this point, I, I guess, you know, the opening credits, you're in the school, the Miskatonic Medical School, and uh, Kane, was it, not, he's a student, right? Oh, yeah. So it's not Dr. Kane, yeah. or is he a doctor? I don't know. No, I He's a student. Not only, I think they're medical students, right, at that yeah. time? Yeah, at yeah, that yeah, point. yeah, yeah. So uh, he, he's trying to save this woman and she dies. And I guess it's kind of like, you know, 
he's down and out because he's trying as hard as he can to save this woman. She dies. And, and here, here's what I feel bad about the woman that uh, played the, the the corpse in that scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you you see her and Oliver Glory. She doesn't even get a face credit in that scene. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, so, excuse me, ma'am. Can you can you lay here? Leave your top off. We're just not going to show your face. That might be the only way to convince her to do it. <laughs> it could That's be. true. Well, I'll show that, but I'm not going to show my face if I do yeah. that. So, oh, okay, all right, right, I'll do it. <laughs> That sounds like a uh, so then uh, I guess he's wheeling her down to the uh, the morgue and the security guard says, don't know why they keep locked doors around here. Nobody wants in and ain't nobody getting out. <laughs> yeah, that guy's great. Right? Yeah. That's the morgue security guy. Yeah. yeah, that's about as far as his dialogue goes, really, other than a few yeah. other lines later on. But Oh, yeah. And I mean, he was too busy reading the porno mags. Yeah, yeah. That was what the hell? I watched or whatever <laughs> like who who i mean even if you're a security guard who openly just sits around on the job and reads porn magazines and what the <laughs> hell is he reading this what guy and yep. then, <laughs> that's the 80s for you i think though that's the 80s touch right yeah. i don't i don't think yeah. I, I i haven't read any lovecraft but i don't think he would have wrote that into the into his uh, no story. no love, uh, i don't know what it was yeah he, he had something i don't know he, he he was pretty much asexual i guess you'd say he didn't have any any mention of I don't even think there was any women protagonists in any of his stories. So he's probably more scientific than he is, you yeah, know, yeah, more as anything. I mean, uh, yeah, all all of the uh, exploitation, sexual elements, and everything was uh, Stuart. Well, I don't know if it's Stuart Gordon or, not, or whoever it was Stuart. the writers and producers and everything of no, not I, just that movie, but from Beyond that came after it, and a lot of those. No, it's called. Uh, it's, they put it's called 1985. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> if you didn't have some. Uh, you know, some tits <laughs> and or more. And horror- yeah, yeah, like that. This this doesn't even qualify as a horror movie anymore. Then the dean introduces Herbert West to Kane and Doctor Carl Hill. Oh yes. <laughs> and then uh, West instantly starts insulting him, even though this is like the first time he's met the dude. He just straight starts <laughs> talking shit to him. I thought it was one minute into meeting your new professor, and you're already cutting him down. I don't, yeah. I don't think he's going to pass that class. <laughs> and for really no. For no, no particular reason at all. But what, <laughs> That's true. But whatever. <laughs> well, I think he was trying to accuse him of plagiarism of his previous professor. Well, yeah, I guess maybe that's yeah. what it is. Maybe he's just trying to put up for the guy that uh, he fucking killed. In the first two minutes of the movie, and he's got an endless, uh, endless supply of pencils too. I guess. So. <laughs> I did notice that. Like he must own stock. <laughs> there's a, there's a scene later on in the movie where uh, the the professor is trying to teach a class, and every couple of minutes, snap. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, so you know you get through the uh, the introductions and the insults and all that, and then Barbara Crampton. Which I instantly remembered from another movie that I'm sure we'll watch pretty soon called Chopping Mall. Oh yes, <laughs> yeah. Uh, she's the uh, dean's daughter, and uh, her, her part is Megan, and uh, she and Kane are a thing. They're having sex, and uh, they have this scene where they're they're what were they making out, having sex? I can't remember. I think they're having sex. And then Rufus the cat jumps on his back. (laughs) I had to go back in my notes and note what the name of that cat was. This cock blocking cat. The first time I watched it, 
I absolutely paid attention to it because something stuck out. If I would have known Bob Johnson, the owner of the Charlotte Bobcats, <laughs> was a fan of Reanimator. Yeah, I doubt it. Uh, <laughs> that might have gotten more points, and it would have explained why the mascot was named Rufus. Yeah, Rufus Lynx. <laughs> would have explained that would be cool, a lot, right? but that, that's too easy of an explanation. <laughs> I think he just heard the name Rufus and decided to call the fucking cat Rufus. But And maybe that was their thought process here in this movie, too. But, yeah, so the cat jumps on his back while they're having sex. And I guess that's the first jump scare, I guess, of the movie. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> well, to backtrack just the hair, uh, they're trying to hide their relationship, uh, like, through the first part of the movie. Yeah. Meanwhile, they're straight up making out in the middle of a hospital. Yeah. Yep. How does that make sense? It's real undercover stuff. You wouldn't know much about it, would you? <laughs> it must be a horror thing. I, I'm new to it. Uh, I'll, I'll just keep going back to 1985. I, I got no other explanation than that for most of this shit. Yeah, pretty much covers it, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, they're, they're kind of messing around with each other, and then Kane puts a sheet on and starts acting like a ghost. You know, messing around with uh, Megan, and then uh, Herbert West comes to the door, and then he instantly has to, you know, take the sheet off and blah blah blah. And uh, West basically just kind of comes in. Herbert West kind of comes in, looks around a little bit, and says, "All right, I'm moving in." For, but for whatever reason, Megan instantly doesn't like him. I guess because she just thinks he's a creep. I don't know. There's a lot of there's in this movie. I've noticed there's a lot of like let's just judge someone instantly going on. <laughs> Well, isn't that what everybody does, Josh? I guess, but they're really <laughs> forward with it, I guess. I don't... Um, Unless there's something going on there we just didn't know about that was cut out, because I know... Yeah, there's I that, know, too. I don't know like... if you made notes about that, too, but there's some scenes later on where uh, when this stuff just happens, you're like, what the hell? Just...? And there was plots that were, like, or subplots that were kind of cut from it, I guess. So. That, that would probably <laughs> explain a lot of this movie with, yeah, you know, well, they just had to cut it out. You know that five minutes of explaining what you just saw? Fuck that. We don't need it. <laughs> we need to get this thing well, down to a tight 86 minutes. You know? yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, like West walks in, and he, he's wanting he, he needs a room to, to live in and then in a basement to, to do his experiments. But he rolls in with a fat wad of cash. Oh, yeah. Dude, yeah. why aren't you getting your own place? <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> I know. You could not have to worry about privacy. You know? <laughs> Nobody's going to come down there. He wouldn't have to worry about all the things that are about to come and made this movie what it was. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it cuts to Dr. Hill is having like a, a, a class demo with the brain. And uh, I think they bring up, uh, what is it, the six to 12 minutes about where you could That's react. the pencil break. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the six to 12 minute threshold of brain dead. Yeah, yeah, brain dead. And whether you could, I guess, reanimate after that that uh, threshold, that time frame. And then, like, he breaks 40 pencils. Yeah, it's like six minutes. I, know, I noticed he broke one of them or a couple of them or whatever. And then they cut back to him and he's holding one that's not broken. <laughs> so, like, and it's like snap. So, like, how the fuck did he get this pencil out so fast? Oh, he's also a magician, I guess. <laughs> the rubber pencil thing and whatnot. His uh, serum, yeah, just produces pencils. <laughs> he's reanimated that broken pencil. <laughs> then he breaks another one, then they argue. And then, uh, I guess, at that point, I, I'm, I'm kind of just going off the notes. I, like, I, I did, like, shorthand stuff, so I, I, it may sound a little 
choppy here. The creepiness of Doctor Who when uh when Kane. Yeah, yeah. So like like Megan's having dinner or something with her dad, the dean. Oh yeah. And then Doctor Hill is there, and then he acts really creepy when they leave to go on a date. Yeah, he's he's like I uh, got a little thing for Megan. Yeah, yeah, but you know you don't really know that. Or since yeah. that, up until this point, like all of a sudden he's just like, yeah. how dare oh, yeah. they go on a date? Yeah. What the? And I tell you, the guy playing uh, Doctor Hill, uh, man, did they pick the right person to look like a corpse? <laughs> oh yeah. You mean before he's dead? <laughs> before he's dead. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, he, he, I know he was wearing a wig too. To the yeah, movie. yeah, I saw. And something... that was the reason. That... Oh, you saw something about that too. Yeah, yeah I, I did see something about that. <laughs> yeah, something to do with the head. But I guess with the uh, well. That's what it was. It so... was the head. That's what it was later yeah. on. Maybe we should bring that up later. Uh... Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Although, you know, the, the, the severed head of Dr. Hill is on the fucking poster for the movie, right? So uh, <laughs> it's not like it's a huge giveaway. Um, <laughs> so they're looking. So I guess it cuts back to, you know, they go on their date or whatever, and they're looking for Rufus the cat in the house. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And the, yeah, Megan is, I guess, like, or both of them are. Megan like finds him, then she finds him in the refrigerator. Because if I find a cat on the side of the road, that's the first place I think to put. <laughs> oh yeah, the fridge, of course, it's right by your, you know, right by your morning, you know, eggs and milk and all that stuff. The the girl screams. Uh, she's freaking out on him. Uh, the boyfriend runs in. Um, and they start talking about the cat. Uh. Then I think it cuts to the. Is that where it cuts to the dinner scene? Then when it comes back to him, uh, it's uh, uh, the lead actor. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, Dan Kane. Kane. He starts hear like weird sounds uh, going going through the house. So he's he's trying to check on uh, Herbert to see if if he's okay and if he heard it. Yeah, yeah, Herbert's yeah. He's out there. The he's, he's wrestling the yep. cat and then. He goes yeah, down in right. there, and then the cat jumps on uh, West back. Yep, oh, and, and he's then the squirming cat... all around trying to get it off. Yeah, him. <laughs> and then the cat throws Kane. <laughs> like, what kind of fucking superhuman cat is this thing now? <laughs> now, now, as this fight goes on, like they're chasing this this cat around the room. How in God's name do you chase it all around the room, and then just all of a sudden? Oh, I've got him, and I'm gonna spike him against the wall. <laughs> and I think it fucking explodes too, right? Like, just viscera. Oh yeah, that, that's another theme in this movie. Is like, if if you had your head banging banged against the wall, there was a blood splatter, like like you had had your head cracked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> True. Like you just cracked an egg. It was 1985. That was 1985. <laughs> well, there you go. There you go. <laughs> And once again, thanks for joining us. <laughs> so, the, so the cat throws Kane across the room. Then Kane picks it up, like you said, and spikes the cat and kills it. Or I guess knocks it. Well, I guess it kills it. Then Herbert West reveals to Kane his reagent that can defeat death. And he proves it by injecting the cat, Rufus the cat again. <laughs> And it's all yeah, after he picks up the cat and like you know and like emphatically, do you believe it's dead now? And yeah. then drops it. Plop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so then, like he... this this cat that's been re- reanimated and has died for the second time 
about two minutes ago. It was running around like crazy. Mm-hmm. Here, let's pick it up. Rigor mortis is already uh, taken. <laughs> His back's broken now at this point after they threw it into the wall. <laughs> yeah, back back's broken. It doesn't it doesn't like fold over where the back's broken. Nope, stiff all the way across. So they he injects it again and it comes back to life and then Megan shows up and starts freaking out. Then Kane tells the dean about this for some reason, right? Didn't he didn't he go to the dean and tell him like this is what happened? Yeah. And then the dean blows up on him. Yeah, and then he's like, No, you're getting the fuck out of here, and so is West. Which I guess that's sowing the seeds of like the fact that he has something against West for for uh for what he did at uh in Zurich, Switzerland, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. But he's the also the same dude that allowed him to come to school there knowing that what happened in Zurich, Switzerland, correct? Yeah. Yeah, he's that's <laughs> true. He still did let him come back. Like, and, it's yeah. like he holds a grudge against him, but he's the one that let him come for whatever. I mean, maybe there's, <laughs> you know, maybe it's one of those cut scenes in 1985. <laughs> Surely this can't be the same guy. <laughs> <laughs> no. It's a different Herbert West. Mm, Ronald Reagan. <laughs> I mean, president. after all, I went, there was a different Hans Gruber out there. You know. <laughs> uh, so Kane smuggles West into the morgue. So now they're now they've both been thrown out. Kane's on board with this weird experiment instantly after just telling the dean about it. Well, no, no, no. no. That that's the thing. Uh, West has been thrown out. Kane is is I think on a review, and he may have his scholarship revoked. Then he can't afford to be. Yeah, but that's pretty much so. Throwing, that's pretty much throwing him out, right? If he can't, because I think he said if it, he doesn't it, have a scholarship, he's done. Yeah, that, that's what he said. But he's not out yet, so why not? Why don't we just go ahead and seal this up and make sure that I'm out? Yeah, I'm gonna dig my <laughs> hole a little deeper and uh, help West out here for some reason. Even though up to this point, there's no fucking yeah, reason at all I should like this yeah. guy or help him. <laughs> I mean, here, here's my roommate that I met two days ago. Let, let, let's get crazy, man. Yeah. Let's get crazy. <laughs> We're going in deep. <laughs> instantly. bringing back dead cats. <laughs> Seems like a good idea to get behind back him. So Kane helps smuggle Wes into the morgue to uh, experiment. I guess he wants to experiment on a corpse, right? Isn't that the guy? Or isn't that the point? Yeah, yeah he's wanting to experiment on a, a human body mm-hmm. uh, for the first time. He, he gives a double dose to a guy. That I guess they kind of look around at bodies, right? And then he eventually picks a guy. Yeah, they try to find the freshest one because they keep going through and finding one who's a victim of like a tractor trailer hit him yeah, or something. Yeah, something or, you know. yeah, so some... they're trying to find the freshest. Yeah. So they yeah, get... let me let me let me interrupt real quick. Mm-hmm. I just said that he had tested it on a human for the first time. What happened at the very beginning of the movie? Seems like he he would I'm... already know that this works on a human body. I'm guessing that. Are you to assume that the professor did that to himself? Possibly, but then wouldn't you know that the serum already works? Or you would know it or doesn't that... work. Because the dude's eyeballs exploded and he fell to his death. <laughs> yeah, no, they, I guess he worked on it. I, I can't remember now if he, they talked about whether he was doing some, I guess, changes to the serum or doing, I don't know if he altered it in some I way. Think he and said just, that he gave him too much. Well, oh, yeah, okay. Well, here's That's the, right, the other question, down, maybe, down, and maybe I'm just, those. here's another question, and maybe I'm just forgetting it because it's been a week or so since I watched it. Did they ever say who came up with this shit? Was it West or was it his professor? I think it was his professor's. And then West is I, I just kind of. I think that happened later on. And then West uh, is just kind of continuing. Notes. It was Gruber's serum, but West made modifications. Yeah, to where it would work. So to ba- actually bring somebody back. So back to the beginning of the movie, then I guess you're to assume that Gruber did that to himself. Well, then, then how does the line, I gave him life, make any sense? 1985, man. 
<laughs> All right, this podcast is over. It's making too much sense. Uh, so they give a dose to the guy, one of the corpses. I guess he doesn't come back, so he gives a double dose. He comes alive and then uh, busts down the door when the dean is, like, standing on the other side of the door. and then Yeah, they actually, I, I guess they, you know, they probably, in retrospect, maybe they shouldn't have chosen Arnold Schwarzenegger's body double <laughs> as the first person they they injected with the serum. Because, yeah, he just, like, throws him around like matchsticks and then but it, you know, but, knocks the door dean down with the door and kills him or smashes him, you know. But his back to, <laughs> but his back to huh? the land of the living move is to bust down the door and bite the dean's fingers off. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you're coming back from the dead. Wouldn't you be hungry? <laughs> well, I guess. I suppose you would be. I guess if you're crazy, you know, that's just what you do. So then, Chicken fingers. So then West kills the guy with bone saw. This yeah. and, and, very, and not not just by, like, that, cutting that. his throat, anything like that. Like, <laughs> shoots it straight through his body. Mm. Right through his chest, then out the front. Just... <laughs> <laughs> Is that even possible with a fucking bone saw? Well, you saw it happen. I will, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, because I we all know this is this isn't a horror movie; it's a documentary. <laughs> what not to do in anatomy school? Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, and also, so that guy really was that actor. His name was Peter Kent. Really was Arnold Schwarzenegger's body double back then. Really? <laughs> yeah, that first guy they bring back to life. That that you know he's like he's huge. He he really was a uh, Schwarzenegger's well, I, body double in like I, Terminator and a bunch of other movies back in most of his movies in the eighties. I guess. Wow. I can believe it. I mean, the dude's is a big dude. Like Megan, I guess she's heard about all this shit and she's distraught. So she's in the hospital and she's just sitting there in the waiting room because the dean tells her not, don't come with me, just stay right here. And then there's this weird like mouth cancer bandage guy sitting next to her, just staring at her. <laughs> like, what's his damn story? And she seems to be cool with it because when she gets up to walk away, she's like, hey. Enjoy this magazine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, oh yeah. By the way, the dean was, the dean is dead. I should mention yeah. this. How the fuck did he die? Because he, he, he had his fingers jumped bitten up, off. jumped up and down the door, and then he yeah. got. How's that killing? And then he bashed his head into the wall like eighty times. The <laughs> I thought he just had his fingers bitten off and then jumped on with the door. And granted, like, yeah, I, I, I do remember he, like, hit his head on the wall, but I don't think, it didn't look to me like it was enough to kill him. Yeah, no, I guess he must have jumped on him like a trampoline one too many times or something. <laughs> That's the only thing I... <laughs> it, it just looked like a, a severe outcome to what we saw there. So I guess this dead guy is, like, super fucking strong, too, right? I guess we're to assume that. Yeah, yeah, because I know that, like the cat, you know, he was, he's got super... <laughs> I guess. More power than I guess. Yeah, more strength than he had when he was alive, I guess. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Although, I don't know why, well, you know, why you'd want to do that with the serum, you know. That seems like it's not, not a good uh, side effect of the serum to have the dead corpse be more powerful than he was in life. <laughs> well, it was a prototype. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so, the uh, the dean is dead, and uh, so then they decide, well, fuck it, let's put some of this stuff in him, this, this reagent, <laughs> let's do it to him, see what happens. Not, it worked so well for... Schwarzenegger's body. Yeah, though. and it's it has worked perfectly up to this point. Yeah. Well, this is a much fresher corpse. That's true. That's true. Well, I and guess, that was his reasoning. Uh, his it reasoning. probably yeah, he had it's, to convince Dan of that too. Right? Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> now, now to blow another hole in in the, in the story plot, uh, uh, the the whole purpose of this is to get past the six to twelve minute threshold. But they're instantly bringing somebody that passed, like within <laughs> like moments, and they're saying it works. Yes. <laughs> 
Yep. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. So then uh, <laughs> they they inject him, and uh, the dean comes uh, comes back to life, and then Megan and security guy come busting in. I guess they lose their shit. Like, what the fuck's going on here? Oh my god. Uh. <laughs> Then uh, they cut to the dean in a straight jacket, like in a padded room. In the padded room, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And uh, creepy Dr. Hill is with Megan again, like, you know, coming on to her hard. <laughs> I keep laying this out Look, because of what happens later on, right? Look, I know, I know your dad just passed away, and he's a creepy zombie right now, but if you're not doing anything lately. <laughs> Me and you. He's in the padded room with her, and the creepy Hill's all over. And then, then it cuts to Megan, or a Kane telling Megan that he's dead. Oh, yeah, that's right. I think he comes in, right? Kane eventually comes in when I guess Hill leaves or Hill's there and he tells her that yeah like he he's not just like her dad the dean he's not just hurt he's dead I guess Hill and West have another argument at this point uh yeah 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 this is where it gets interesting okay all right this to oh. me this to me right here is about the time that it, it goes from a horror movie to a comedy because <laughs> Hill and West are arguing. One thing leads mm -hmm. to another, and West is like, I'm, "Our Hill's like, I'm taking this shit for me." And then he chops his head off with a shovel. <laughs> right? Like you're giving this shit to me. Yep. I'm taking your shit now. I'm gonna go bend over here and take a look into this uh, to see what microscope in this microscope to see what my shit is because it's mine now, fucker. And then he lops his yep. head off with a shovel, and then like picks the head up puts it in a, like a Petri dish or something and sticks the, uh, the serum, the serum in there, bam, the head comes to life. And then he puts it in the body, right? Separately. Right. Yes. And then the yes. body comes yep. back to life. And then the body. I mean, awesome scene. The body. You got to admit that that was a pretty cool scene though. When the body comes back to life and comes up. Oh yeah. 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 Busting and it comes it, up bam. behind it. It comes up behind him. Right. <laughs> yeah. And then yeah. knocks him out. Like I said, this yeah. to me is when it becomes comedy. I mean, yeah, <laughs> I think from here on out, this is because like, this is National because, Lampoon's level shit. <laughs> because now the body and and the head are two separate things. Yeah, like there is no yeah. telepathic link between the two. There, but... sh there shouldn't be, right? <laughs> that's, well, that's, that's the but. That, that's funny. You mentioned that too about the telepathic link, because yeah. that was one of the expositions in the story, or one part of the storyline that they, I guess, took out because of the paring it down to get it to a you know shorter running time. Was that he had this ability, the psychic ability over not just Megan, or over like humans as well as the zombies. But they kind of, you see a little bit of that, of, of that in the story, but they kind of cut out so, the major scenes that would let you believe that he did have this mind control thing. So the mentally but, handicapped person that edited this movie um, <laughs> decides to leave in the scene where Megan's talking to the cancer mouth guy and, you know, and any other throwaway scenes that we've probably talked yeah. about up to this point, but, but yet they cut that out. Yeah. And, and why, why was he the chosen one to have the, the psychic powers? Why not the Dean since he was the first one to be uh, injected and live? True. I, I don't know if it, Oh, wait, I think, well, I think that was a part maybe of, I don't know if any of this remained in the movie, but I think he was studying mesmerism before. Yeah. Once again, huh. something that would have been useful to keep in the fucking movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Boy, I really hope the guy that edited this doesn't listen to it. I'm going to assume that there was two different, at least two different editors on this. Like the guy that originally did it, who was probably a smart, <laughs> thoughtful guy. And then the guy that just decided to go like, eh, let's chop this shit out. Let's chop this shit out. 
to get it, you know, on the uh, TNT Monster Vision. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hell, maybe something, like I said, I've never actually seen that already cut, but maybe that already cut, that might be, maybe that's some of the scenes they put back in it to flesh out the gore that they took out, you know, to make sure, the, get the running time back up. Yeah, you're probably right. But, uh, yeah, this is just a horribly put together version of it, if that's the case, which means there needs to be like an ultimate cut, right? Yeah, there Somewhere. should be an ultimate. Even if they put those special, you know, those deleted scenes of special features, I'd love to see an ultimate reanimated cut where they put have all the gore in it and have all those yeah and exposition I'll, scenes put out put back in as well. But, th- but then again, this that may that means this movie would probably make sense. It wouldn't be a cult hit anymore. Like ah, it's not as funny. Well it might mess up the the uh, what do you call it the the, flow. the run that that longer run yeah, the other flow of it just might might put it over where it's. Not as entertaining as it yeah, is. This isn't, this isn't funny anymore. This actually makes sense. Fuck this movie. <laughs> <laughs> this looks like it was made in 1987 now, not the 1980s. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when they got back around to making sense in movies. Uh, <laughs> except for canon movies. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. That, yeah. That kept going until the bitter end. That's true. <laughs> um, I got and, a soft spot for canon, but that's uh, another well, show. Don't we all? <laughs> That's right. This is where he finds out his Megan obsession with a file. Like he's keeping a file on Megan. Oh, yes. And yeah, it's got her hair yeah. in it. <laughs> yeah. Then they lobotomize the Dean, right? I guess to yeah. kind of make him more compliant or complacent or whatever. Isn't that when Wes comes, like, wakes back up and he realizes Hill's gone? I guess that's what and I'm... he's stolen his serum and his yeah, notes yeah. and everything. He's like, shit. And he loses, you know, he's, damn it, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> So the head controls the body to give the head some blood, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Like fill it's up in, his little it's like in a petri dish. Blood, fresh blood. Yeah, it's like in a Petri yeah. dish. It's like, yeah, pour that in. Hot damn, that feels good. <laughs> good old O positive. Mm, more. <laughs> now I'm better. Which, hey, may, hey, which once again, makes no sense, I guess. I, well, I guess. Other than what, I, blood to the brain, I guess it's keeping, I don't know, whatever. <laughs> At this point, I think we're really overthinking this, right? <laughs> Now, buddy, do you see this uh, duffel bag over here? Throw me in there. But before you do, let's uh, l- let's take this uh, statue head, mm-hmm. and we're just going <laughs> to prop it up top on you. And that's when he walks past the security guard. Who oh, yeah, is, the very ever-vigilant security guard. Yeah, who is reading, and I wrote it down, Boudoir Magazine. <laughs> <laughs> is this a real magazine? <laughs> Or is this just a Hollywood just prop? We need to check our sources. We need to go. We need to. Somebody got to look that up for the next yeah. show. Find yeah. out if Boudoir Magazine was a real thing. Yeah, if any of you guys out there listening and know Boudoir Magazine is a real thing, uh, hit us up. <laughs> the security guard is so invested in this magazine, though, that uh, he's like, Dr. Hill, is that you? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm not going to. the duffel bag. Yeah. From yeah. the duffel bag. I, and I didn't hear that ear fall off the statue and hit the floor. I got more 80s bush to look at. Leave me be. <laughs> but I will say there was some uh, really good editing with the head. How they yeah, how they showed the head. Effects. Yeah, yeah, special effects and just how they cut it to where you didn't yeah. see that the dude is clearly oh, yeah. up underneath the table or standing off to the right. side or whatever. It like, looks it yeah, looks good. Walking with the fake head. Yeah. Yep. It looks really yeah, that, good. It, if, if that movie was today, like that would all be CGI. Uh, yeah. The, the it, head would be floating around, and, and it would be its own thing. And but, frankly, it probably wouldn't look as good as this did. Yeah. <laughs> but they, they were able to, to, to work it around where, you know, it, it was a cohesive piece, and it didn't 
it didn't necessarily look forced. You knew that you weren't going to see anything past the chin. So right. Then, yeah, yeah. So then there's a scene where, like, Megan and Kane are going back and forth about, you know, oh, uh, you know, my dad's dead, blah, blah, blah. And she's, I wanted to hate you for this. But then the dean busts, uh, then the dean busts in and grabs Megan <laughs> and takes her. Right when, I'm, right, right when I'm trying to get down to business, <laughs> dad pops in. <laughs> he busts in and grabs her, I guess, and, like, takes her off to the morgue. And then, like, like what, throws her on the table and strips her naked. As dads do. Yeah. Well, you know. <laughs> Look, he's he's reborn dead. He's a zombie at this point, right? I guess we could use the word zombie. And he's also been lobot- and under the mind control, which yeah. we don't we didn't know that before. But he's under the mind control of Doctor Hill. He's lobotomized. <laughs> no, no, he is not a zombie. He is reanimated. Whoa! <laughs> That's what we came here, folks. Good night. <laughs> and I got to deliver the line. <laughs> um. <laughs> Throws her on the table, strips her naked, and then, like, uh, I guess there's a little bit of, like, exposition from Hill there. And then, like, the body picks Hill's head up and starts sucking on her titty. <laughs> and then he starts moving the head down to give Megan head. With a head. Yeah, with a head. Holding <laughs> his own head. head. <laughs> Remember, comedy, folks. <laughs> Make him laugh. Yeah. <laughs> it does. Oh, but, yeah, yes. It does. But then when you're rolling in the floor laughing at this shit, you got to remember, wait a minute, this is a fucking horror movie. Yeah. <laughs> and also you got to think that uh, the, the dean, her, her dad, is sitting right there while well, Dr. Yeah. Hill is, is going downtown. Yeah, but that's, <laughs> but that's too deep <laughs> because this is zombie lobotomized mind control dean dad now. <laughs> Um, so he doesn't care. He's whatever, man. I'll help out. Then Wes shows up. Like, it's about to happen. Like, the head's about to go downtown. And like, uh, here we go. Boom. West shows up with Kane. And then somewhere in there, like, I guess they're going back and forth. He delivers the line, who's going to believe a talking head get a job in a sideshow? The immortal line. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and let me take a minute. Right there. That guard who was outside looking at the magazine, all he had to do was peek his head into Morgan. and he would have got more of a show. And whatever that was, yeah, Boudoir, the, he was like, Then Boudoir Magazine, <laughs> October issue of 85. So well, I think about that time, he did peek his head in, didn't he? And he was just like, what the? And then just ran away. Yeah. What in the good <laughs> hell? <laughs> well, yeah, he, it was when the head was, was it when the head got thrown out there after after the melee of all the crazy Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, yeah the yeah. fake head got tossed out. out. She screams. He threw down his Boudoir Magazine and took the fuck off. <laughs> All you right, know, so, I, I got this job because it was a super easy job. I didn't have to worry about anything, and I could read my articles in the nudie magazine. All right, so I think this is when we go pretty fast and furious into the like the last what ten to fifteen minutes here of fucking chaos. All the bodies rise up on cue because they're in the morgue. Remember, with lobot—I wrote down with lobotomy, he can control zombies? Question <laughs> mark. Once again, the, the oh yeah, yeah. So I guess because of the editing. Yeah, they've gone through and done this little lobotomy trick with all the bodies, I guess, and then bam, they're under his, they're under this uh, severed head's control. Uh, yep. The dean helps them. Like I guess at this point, like he realizes, oh shit, this is my daughter, somehow, and then he helps them, and he squeezes. Oh, the it he- was. Yeah. He squeezes oh, yeah. the Sorry. head, and that's when the security guard. I wrote it down. Security guard runs. I guess that's when he's like, oh shit, he gets out, <laughs> yeah. gets out of town. Yeah. Did he take his magazine with him or did he leave it? I can't, I can't remember that part if he just dropped it or took it with him. 
The only thing better is if he'd have been smoking a cigarette and it like drops and hangs off his lip, Ghostbusters style. <laughs> the intestine. That would have been two nineteen eighty four at that point. Though. Yeah, can do that. That's passe at this point. That's like no, that's already been done. <laughs> we got this new thing going. Uh, the intestines. Oh yes, I love that scene. Is this? What the amazing. hell? Like once again, what does that have to? Like where'd this come from? <laughs> uh, and I hear uh, Willie getting out of town. <laughs> it's down to four percent. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. And I can tell too because your audio levels uh, went to shit. Oh. Yeah, give me a, give me one second. I need to turn off the. Unable to place call on your Bluetooth phone. <laughs> You know, I think I'm not going to edit this out. I want this all in. Uh, better put it on my seatbelt. Otherwise, we'll keep getting dings. <laughs> this is pretty good. Luckily, we can edit. But I'm not going to I'm not gonna do it. Buckle up for safety this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Buckle up, because this is the bumpy part. <laughs> so the intestines... I, Smoke, can you enlighten yeah, so, us? What what are we uh what are we looking at here? As far as why it does that? Yeah, why what would like come alive and come out like that? Ah, there's a lot. The only thing that, that, that was probably of all the the shit that went on in that movie. That's probably the most Lovecraftian thing that happened in. <laughs> that, <laughs> that scene. Well, I believe the whole reason that that happened is, uh, so West, when all the chaos is going on, grabs a syringe. And I think he says something along the lines of, I wonder what would happen. Goes over to the body and over-injects it with uh, yeah. the serum. Uh, meanwhile, like the body like starts running around. and like overdose. Anticip- yeah, what I, I'm anticipating is, oh, he's going to kill the body by overdosing it and just making it explode. Instead, what happens is it drops down <laughs> to its knees. <laughs> the body decays as if it was like a Night of the Living Dead body corpse. <laughs> the, the chest opens. And here comes the intestine shooting out like a striking scorpion or a, a, a snake. And, yeah. then, and then some chemicals fall and like creates this gas. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, uh, well, I mean, uh, you probably uh, know so, more about what would have, uh, what, what do you think would have caused this smoke? Smoke, could you tell us about the smoke? Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I actually cannot elaborate on the smoke part, ironically. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that was some kind of. <laughs> I'm sure they had dry ice in the. Yeah, they had dry ice and, and to, they, and to they, keep uh, body parts cold. And they had to figure out how to cover some of this horrible shit up. <laughs> um, and the dean is ripped apart at some point during all yep. this, right? Yep. Uh, Romero zombie well, style, kind of yeah. pulled apart, like yeah. yeah. Well, it's it's because the daughter is pleading with the dad, and I guess the humanity of the dad kicks back in. He yeah. starts. That's when he helped uh, going, her going after all of the other zombies and breaking them away from him, and eventually they drag him away. Kane and Megan run run away from the morgue. Isn't there a, they uh, were yeah. trying to get on the elevator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Elevator, trying to get yeah. on the elevator. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, see, like, a lot of my notes are really like, what the fuck's going on here? I, you can tell I'm even, like, <laughs> scribbling, like, uh, uh, too much information overload. <laughs> Megan is choked in the elevator mm-hmm. uh, by uh, one of the zombies or some shit, right? Or the reanimator. Yeah. Yeah. Was it the naked, one that was trying to get in? Was it the naked guy, right? I don't know. When he's trying to get in the elevator. Yeah, yeah, I believe matter. so. It doesn't matter. Meanwhile, like, like uh, Dan can't get the zombie off of him. So it's like, here, I'm going to I'm gonna leave her alone with with the zombie. 
I'm gonna run to the other end of the hallway. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna uh, break the fire extinguisher out. Get get the, get the axe. axe. The axe yeah, and cut off his arm. <laughs> and cut off his arm. That yeah. only took that only took about seven to ten <laughs> seconds. Mm-hmm. Once again, going back to the beginning of the movie, he tries to save her. Right, like he's got her on the table, and he's trying to do the, the all that, and then she dies. Yeah. And, and then uh, he gives her. A dose of the reagent uh, as the lights go down. Yeah, the, the, the it goes to black, which is another cool scene. It goes to black, right? But yeah. the needle is glowing, yeah. and then you hear. Which is probably a good time now to mention that that was actually glowing the you know, glow stick juice that was inside the syringe. Uh, it goes <laughs> it goes to black, and the needle's glowing, and then you hear her scream. Yeah. Then the crack. and then the music psycho yeah. kicks. I mean, yeah. uh, 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 the, the uh, 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 uh. <laughs> no, 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 not psycho. <laughs> uh, so then the credits, then that's it. Uh, I did notice when I was looking at, I just actually watched these credits all the way through and here's who we have to blame for this movie. The medical consultants are Dr. Ronald Berman, MD and Carrie L Jennings. So, uh, for all that medical expertise, that's clearly shown in this movie. Those are the two folks we blame. Glad they had the, you know, some professional professionalism in there. For I the guess. Medical I mean, are these real doctors? I don't know. Oh, so, uh, I guess, it, you know, that's the movie. Um, so at this point, uh, like I said, I, I look it up. I looked up on a couple other things just to see what the ratings were. On IMDb, it was rated 7.2 out of 10. I guess stars, whatever the rating is. Uh, yeah. It's classified as a comedy slash horror slash sci-fi in that order. Comedy first, horror second, sci-fi. So what do you think of that? Is that would you agree with that uh, order of I, things? Or I, pretty, I think it's pretty well. I think it's fairly accurate. I would say that. And I can't remember who it was that said this. It might have actually been Joe Bob Briggs. It was talking about horror comedies. When you do a horror comedy right, to make it most interesting from beginning to end, the, the, the ratio should kind of be you know leaning more towards more horror, like 70% horror and 30% comedy, or 60 horror, 40 comedy. Mm-hmm. That when you get to a certain point where the comedy outweighs the horror, then it gets less interesting. Yeah. So I, I probably agree with that's kind of, like you are saying, that once that point hits with the head, you know, where he chops the head off with the shovel, and then it becomes more of a comedy. But they still they still keep the horror aspect going too in there with the, with the with, gore and whatnot. And, and so. without looking at the runtime of the movie when that happened, when I kind of feel like you know he lops it off and that becomes a comedy, so to speak, it's probably yeah. about halfway through the movie, right? It probably is about halfway. And yeah. they still manage to keep, even though it becomes more comedic at that point, they still manage to keep it, the horror element going with the, or the not just horror but the revulsion factor of the you know the head given head and all that those scenes, which still plays into the humor too, though, because that scene is hilarious. And disturbing at the same time. <laughs> uh, to go back to what we were talking about earlier, and I actually looked it up, and I wrote it down here, and I can refer back to it. The budget was nine hundred thousand dollars, and the it grossed okay. it grossed two million twenty three thousand and four hundred and fourteen dollars. I guess in you know in its theatrical run. Definitely made its money back then, which is all you could pretty much. I mean, well, made its money back and then some, which is pretty much what you could hope for with. And surprisingly that. enough, uh, what I saw was uh, opening weekend. This made five hundred thousand dollars. Oh, okay. So it's a uh, what uh, a quarter of what it made in opening weekend, which I guess that's yeah. probably about you know I don't know if that's averages or not, but it's obviously it's going to make more when it comes out. It's it's funny too that this wouldn't have made more money considering it came out October eighteenth. Oh yeah, I know. right in there, right in the month. Yeah, I mean, it's right yeah. in the Halloween it's, wheelhouse. But there was more horror, I guess. Like there was definitely more horror coming out True. in the theaters at that time. Yeah, there was, there was yeah. saturated kind of at that time. Yeah. You'd probably gone through a good what five or six years of like nonstop horror at this point. Yeah. 
Yeah. Had 95% on Rotten Tomatoes, which if you know anything about Rotten Tomatoes, is a damn good score. Oh, yeah. Now, I don't know how many people actually actually reviewed it, though. It says here on Rotten Tomatoes, the consensus is perfectly mixing humor and horror. The only thing more effective than Reanimator's gory scares are its dry, deadpan jokes. Okay, it's, okay, here it is. It's out of 55 critic reviews. So that's 95% out of 55 reviews, man. It's pretty damn good. Oh, yeah. Yes, I remember, uh, when, well, when I was reading Fango and all that stuff back then, one of my, I guess, favorite contributors, movie reviewers to that magazine, magazine into like gore zone magazine later was chaz valen and uh he, i mean he died back in 2012 or so but but whenever he reviewed a movie it's pretty much kind of spot on with what i was not all the time but a good 85 90 percent of the time i pretty much agreed with what he what he said in his movies and he gave this one like an enormous rating and, and that's kind of like I said when i saw that in the magazine that's kind of what made me go out to initially rent it back in those so, days uh, before he wasn't disappointed back in those days before the internet kids this is how you found <laughs> out about things yep Either that, yeah, if, if you went out of your way to read Fangoria, which was, on, on, let's be honest, that's probably the minority, right? Uh, yeah. The only other way you probably would have known anything about this is if, whenever you went to your local video store or, uh, you know, whatever it was called back then in those days, and uh, you would have seen the cover and said, this either interests you or it doesn't. And that's the way you picked movies yeah. back then. Like, oh, this, this cover looks yeah. cool. And that's my whole thing with that back. I mean, I could probably do a whole podcast episode just on that on the aspect of home video and video stores and everything but that was even before and even during the time when i was reading fango i would spend hours in the horror section now my parents would get tired they would like they wouldn't take me to the video store and stay there to get their stuff they would drop me off <laughs> i was gonna be there forever in the horror section picking up everyone looking yeah. at the cover reading the back and they would go do their shopping groceries whatever and then come back and get me yeah, <laughs> and before was, i could drive it was kind of similar it was kind of similar with that, me and my brother. We were kind of the same way. You know, you'd kind of hang out and look at the covers and read them and yeah. and all that kind of thing. If anybody goes on my Instagram, they know how much I am still behind, like, VHS and and buying VHS tapes. Now, that's not not based on any kind of modern trends. It's just, like, I never stopped buying VHS pretty much, <laughs> you yeah. know, from back then till now. And, and that's not to say that I don't buy DVDs, of course, or buy Blu-rays, 4K, and all that stuff. I get that, too, but. But it was it stems from that of uh, that video store experience of picking it up, reading it, seeing that artwork, which was something about that those big box covers. You know, they mm. they'd get the most the best artwork they could get on there, even though it had nothing at all to do with the movie. If it would sell the movie or you know get you to pick it up and rent it, then it did its job. And so, oh yeah, that's I mean that was definitely the way they approached it back then. Was let's just put the craziest yeah. thing, and th there'd be something. I'm sure you know far more about that than I do. There'd be some that. Almost the cover almost had nothing to do with the movie. Right, yeah, ab you know, <laughs> absolutely. They would just put whatever yeah, on there. Yeah, yeah. Whatever cool-looking artwork, airbrushed and everything. You know, it would catch your 80s. eye, and then you'd rent it. And Will, they put you, a tagline on there also that had nothing at all to do with the movie. Or <laughs> and, Will, you used to work in a uh, video store back in the 90s, right? Uh, late 90s, early 2000, yeah. So was it uh, – at that point, it was still VHS, right? Mostly? Uh, VHS swapping to DVD. So it was during that time period where it was going away from the tape – Right, to, uh, and uh, they would they the VHS back then, especially the rental copies, they'd be very expensive, wouldn't they? Oh yeah, like back then, I mean, you would uh, you would get a copy of a movie, and when it first came out, strictly for uh, uh, rentals, uh, it could be anywhere from say like fifty to almost eighty bucks a uh, uh, cassette. Yeah, you'll know, see like, you'll still see that on the back. Some of them actually had it printed on some of the tapes I've had since then. It'll, it'll say retail. Yeah. Seventy nine ninety five or something on the back, you know, because like, if you 
it seems like I remember back in those days, like seeing those in like catalogs or something. Like you would see the price of like, you know, here to buy a copy of, uh, I don't know, Reanimator. It'd be like eighty bucks. And whoa, what? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I guess and that were... was strictly to limit the normal consumer from buying it. So that that was like video stores get people getting together and saying we're gonna have these video stores that people are gonna come to to rent. These movies can't be affordable, or they're just going to buy them themselves. So, oh, yeah. the video stores can afford to rent, to buy these copies of them because they're going to be renting them for whatever three, four dollars a piece. So that, that's pretty much kind of where that pricing stems from. That actually makes. And me I remember more, that actually. I remember makes working more. in the video store and people losing their mind, like when they would lose a movie that just <laughs> came out like that week. And it's like, yeah, I, I'll just, I'm just going to have to go ahead and buy it. Uh, how much is it? And they would have like a twenty dollar bill already out. Yeah, that's uh, that's gonna be eighty three bucks <laughs> plus the plus the late fee from like the last two weeks. Oh yeah, wow. are you serious? Oh, oh, I got a, I got a funny story too about uh, that as far as having a movie out for a while. And when I was I was in the Navy back in ninety two to ninety six, I was over in San Francisco, and the ship was about to go out to sea. I had rented a movie, forgot that I you know like a few nights back, forgot to return it. Went out to sea for like six months, came back and returned it when I got back, and never went back to that video store. <laughs> <laughs> well, from working at a video store, that happens a lot. Yeah, you you have a you have a three hundred dollar late fee, and we never see you again. Yeah. I had to take for six months. I'm sorry. Look at it. I mean, I probably could have went to him and explained. I mean, I was in the navy and went out and did what I probably could have, but I just like I did instead of doing that, I just went put it in their night return box, and then like that was it. That was I just. Got a membership at a different video store. And ran away like a thief <laughs> in the night. Yes. So uh, a few more tidbits before we wrap this up. Like I saw something, uh, going back to what I mentioned it earlier, the scene where the uh, Hill is uh, trying to eat out the uh, the Megan, or Megan, the character. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Apparently, and I don't know if this is true or not. This is just something I read randomly. Uh, he and his wife in real life got a divorce because of that scene. Oh, yeah. I heard about that too, yeah. I, I, well, I heard that it was... I think it was on the, what was it? That was the commentary. The other actors, I think, on the DVD commentary were talking about that they had got divorced and they think it was because of yeah, that scene. Yeah, what in the world? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, at that point, it's it's a it's a prosthetic head, right? Well, I, no, I don't. I think it's some crafty uh, well, editing at that at that. I don't know, maybe. Oh, okay, I, I, I don't even think watches. it was the fact that he was like going to be going down on an actress so much. It was the context of it. Of the nastiness of that scene. Yeah, maybe there's that, yeah. <laughs> like what the severed head, like sucking on a booby and uh, trying to go downtown. <laughs> or that, that he would have the gall to play, you know, because I think he was pretty much kind of a. I mean, I'm not saying that he was top notch actor at the time, but I think he was kind of. I'm sure he was more seriously you know, considered before yeah, this. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and uh, I guess the fact that he would do that or you know, be willing to do that scene must have taking offense to that uh, highly enough to divorce him. <laughs> so I watched a little bit on the DVD of the director producer, kind of like just, it wasn't even really an interview. They're just kind of talking to one another about this. And uh, the uh, director said he came to the producer with two projects, this movie and a movie called Lucky about a dog and a baby trying to kill each other. <laughs> that were the, t that was the two ideas he, he came up with. Ideas. To this producer, and, I, and we'll go with the Lovecraft thing. <laughs> yeah. But man, I'd kind of like to see this Lucky movie. Yeah, that kind of sounds. I wonder if that ever, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know ever if, come. I, I think they may even have said like, he's like, no, I haven't given up on that idea yet, and they kind of laugh about it. But 
So I guess it never was anything. I don't know. Apparently, the I think it was the director wanted this movie to originally be 16 millimeter black and white. Yeah, I did hear something about that yeah, too. And yeah. apparently, like, yeah, he's like, no, that ain't gonna work. We're not gonna make any yeah, money. Would, the only way that would work is it, I and mean, it wouldn't sell. It wouldn't sell to the horror market in the 80s. The only way that would work is if they went straight, straight, straight up H.P. Uh, Lovecraft adaptation from the way the story is, and did it that way. You know, without any of the other exploitative stuff, it might have worked then. But not in the not the way they have it with all the splatter effects. And, and, and that also kind of goes hand in hand with another thing he mentioned. That apparently, the first cut of this movie, like I guess the director's cut, the original cut, was two and a half hours yeah. long, and he and he <laughs> actually wanted to make it a miniseries. I guess kind of like a Lovecraft uh-huh. miniseries. Yeah. But apparently, they, no, I'm not. in I guess the producer, whoever the powers that be at the time, like, no, nah, no, nah, we're not. I'm not. In, go, I don't want to make TV. I want to make a movie. And then, you know, yeah. there we are. But, yeah, apparently the, the original version of this is two and a half hours long. So you talk about, see, you talk about seeing the see. ultimate cut. There you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that would be the ultimate. I mean, of course it wouldn't. I'm sure it didn't play right at all as far as pacing and all that stuff. But I would love to see that full, you know, two and a half hour cut. The only thing that Anyways. would be comedy about that is that you would want to sit through it without blowing your own brains out. Because <laughs> you know some of that stuff. I mean. A lot of stuff is cut out for a reason, for a very good reason for pacing, or because it just doesn't work. And I always say that about any movie. But I have sat through some stuff like Dawn of the Dead. Uh, there was a this is back in the video rental days, way before internet or anything. You know, it was the composite print that had these sort of uh, tape trader like catalogs and things like that. So yeah, uh, they had a they, the only cut they had was a theatrical cut of Dawn of the Dead that you could buy off the shelves or whatever, but. Somebody had gone and put together all these scenes and clips from like Japanese Laserdisc, which had a few more scenes, the uncut print that was never released, and all the and working prints and all this stuff, and put together the ultimate composite Dawn of the Dead thing that was like two and a half or two hours and forty-five minutes or something long, horribly put together because it was just coming to you on a VHS from sourced from every patch, like like a Frankenstein patch of really good quality video here and really horrible fifth generation quality there, and <laughs> the working print with the time code at the bottom of it, and, but it was still pretty cool to have it, you know. Yeah. And I would I watched it. I watched it at least once, you know. So yeah, I would probably watch the two and a half hour cut of that just one time, anyways. So I guess that wraps up our review discussion. Will we'll go to you? What's your rating on this? I guess we'll go. What do you What do you guys want to do? Like a scale of one to five stars? Does that sound good? We'll do that. Yeah, that works. Okay. Yeah, that works for me. Will, uh, what do you think? I thought the movie was really good. Uh, I think if I was going to rate it, I would put it at about a. Uh, I'll say three and a quarter. Three and three quarter stars. That's pretty good. Yep. Yep. Smoke, what do you yeah, think? Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, I got a, you know, I, I can't lie, I got a, got a huge soft spot for the animator. I'll probably, like I said, I've seen it quite a few times. He's a huge fan of it. I, I pretty much have to go with the uh, full five stars on it. And I don't do that. I don't, I don't just dole out five stars. So yeah. that's be, but it's a personal kind of thing for me, too. It's kind of a, I, I can see how it would get it lower stars. But I guess coming into it from when it first hit the shelves and stuff and then watching it over years, it grew on me even more. The more times I watched it, and also this is probably another good time to mention, I saw it in the theater, like, uh, I don't know, five or six months ago they played it. Oh, that's cool. In the theater yeah. here, kind of where I'm. And, that, yeah, that was a great experience seeing it with a group, you know, a decent group, too. It was pretty much full theater. Those and, are always uh, kind of cool, too, when you have a theater full of uh, people that appreciate yeah, it. Like my, yeah, you know, so, yeah, it was, it was, and that even made my appreciation, appreciation for it grow some more, so. Yeah, definitely. I go with a five on it. I guess I'll go four. I'm kind of, I'm kind of in the middle of both of you in a way. Um, I really enjoy it. Don't get me wrong, but as far yeah. I, I can't, I can't quite give it five. I might even go four and a half, but I, I can't go f- quite five on it because I, I think you know at least for me that's gonna 
that's going to be some upper echelon type of movies. But this is right there, man. I mean, like it's if I'm if I'm writing down like a top 100, you know, favorite horror movie, it's in there. It's probably top yeah. 50, maybe top 40. Yeah. I don't know, you know, depending on where other movies are considered and all that. But yeah, I mean, it's I really enjoyed it. Uh, I still enjoy it to this day, you know, even though I've seen it five or six times. And it's and it's one you probably will see something a little funnier or different every time you watch it. You know, so for that ma- so, f- so for that matter, it has a lot of review to it, right? Like you could you could yeah. watch this again and still enjoy it. Yeah, it has a replay effect. It also is one of those movies where if you have somebody who has never seen it, you like you kind of want to show it to them. You're like, oh yeah, yeah. watch Reanimator. <laughs> watch this train wreck. <laughs> <laughs> Now I'm just uh, curious. I'm, I'm looking online right now. Uh, Smoke, have you seen uh, Bride of Reanimator or Beyond Reanimator? Yes, I've seen both of those. And uh, Bride of Reanimator, I would say, is is worth it to watch it. When I, it doesn't capture the same magic, I don't think, as the first Reanimator did. As far as I mean, it's got the gore. If you watch the unrated cut, because there's two of those cuts out there too. But uh, the unrated cut had some good gore effects. Had a little bit of that comedy. It just didn't quite reach that level as the first one did and then beyond reanimator is just i know Stuart gordon didn't direct that one it was actually the brian usna who was involved with reanimator from the beginning but he directed the bride of or i'm sorry beyond reanimator and it was and eh, it's worth a watch or two maybe but that's about i mean it's definitely not as strong as either of the first two so it kind of just goes downhill from there and then there was some yeah. talk of them doing a, some other sequels but nothing's ever materialized yet uh, one thing that I saw while I was looking around is uh, in 2017, there's a Herbert West reanimator. Looks like it was redone. Yeah, I, think, I, I never saw that, but I think I did hear some stuff about where it wasn't tied to Stuart Gordon in any way or that one, but it was trying to, I believe, actually be more more truthful to the Lovecraft. Yeah, yep, HP Lovecraft. Yeah, but uh, I haven't seen that one yet. I would definitely watch that though because I'd like to see if, what somebody could do with the original story. You know, that adaptation of it. Well, who knows? Maybe uh, one day we will review it. Um, That's true. Maybe, maybe if we're kicking this around in a year. Yeah. Yeah. Let's hope we're yeah. yeah your one year anniversary. Do a, do that reanimator. Yeah. One? There you go. That that'd be a good idea. Hopefully, we'll last that long, and this won't be the first and last. Yeah. Um, That's true. No, I think we we I think we, we got a, I think we have a pretty good thing going here, guys, and I think we can uh you know we can devote the time to do this you know every you know every chance we get. We'll, we, you know, we'll keep doing it. Yep, sounds good to me. Um, Enjoy it. In that in that vein, uh, we will go ahead and announce our next movie that we're going to review and discuss. Uh, and on our next one, we're going to talk about the 2007 movie Trick or Treat. Smoke, can you give us yep. a little preview, maybe? Uh, oh, I can say, don't uh, confuse it with the 1986 movie Trick or Treat, which is the heavy metal horror movie. Totally different animal, but <laughs> awesome. Uh, this one, 2007, is a horror anthology. And it's all devoted to the season of Halloween. Each of the stories has to do with based around Halloween and the linking character that holds that together is Sam. And anybody who's, if you were to Google 2007's Trick or Treat, you'll pretty much see Sam pop up in just about any, yeah, any like, reference to that like movie. Because he's kind of the glue that holds it together, so to speak. Scarecrow, pumpkin head type looking character. Yeah. 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 With a burlap sack head. I will give you, you know, just uh, not going deep, but I'll, I'll just give you this. The uh, synopsis on Rotten Tomatoes for Trick or Treat. Interwoven stories demonstrate that some traditions are best not forgotten as the residents of a small town face real ghosts and goblins on Halloween. Yep, that's a good stop. And it's, and it's actually got some names in it, too. Uh, Anna Paquin, Brian Cox, Michael yep. Doherty. So, yeah, so that's uh, that's what to look forward to in the, nec- in the next yep. show. Um, so, everybody, watch it. Uh, 
you know, just like you, I hope you did with Reanimator, and I hope you enjoyed what we did here. That way, you know, you're caught up and you know what's going on. And like I said, we're, you know, this is a spoiler-filled discussion, so if you don't watch it, you might be uh, screwing yourself. Uh, but we gave you fair warning. Um, but until yes. until then, uh, you can catch us. Uh, if you have any questions or comments or whatever, you can email us at allamericanspookshow at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at a a spook show and uh you can look us up on instagram and facebook all american spook show guys got anything to add any last thoughts parting parting words uh, i'm looking forward to the next one uh, it's gonna be a good one i think trick-or-treats be a well-deserved title to do around this time for sure and i think it's got it's kind of on it's grown over the course of the last you know 10 years or so to where it's got a cult following of its own so looking forward to that one will uh yeah i haven't seen it uh honestly i don't really know anything about it so i'm looking forward to watching it as far as uh, reanimator thought it was really good uh you know for anybody that hasn't seen it before definitely give it a watch so there you go that's the professional opinion and the novice opinion on reanimator uh, yes just take my uh, rating with a grain of salt so to speak i gave it a five i, I agree with that rating but i can see how somebody mm-hmm. watching it might say how the hell could anybody give this a five <laughs> over the course <laughs> of you know 30 some odd years it's it's grown that much. I'm well, sure. that's what opinions are. They're subjective, you know. So it that's just right. people right. people come at these things from different directions. You know, you like something or you hate yep. something for different reasons. So, uh, yep, that's true. so I guess until next time, uh, I'm Josh. And I'm Will. Both. There you go, both those guys. And uh, we'll see you next time on the All American Spook Show podcast. It's right, been a blast. Peace. Peace.